to Celebrity Jeopardy. Before we begin the Double Jeopardy round, I'd like to ask our contestants once again, please refrain from using ethnic slurs. <laughs> that said, let's take a look at the scores. Sean Connery has set a new Jeopardy record with negative $230,000. You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? What with your dago mustache and your greasy hair? Look, what did I just say about ethnic slurs? From third rock from the sun, French Stewart in second place with negative $17,000. I'm a late bloomer, Alex, and in Double Jeopardy, I'm gonna bloom. Sure you will. And finally, back again, Burt Reynolds in a commanding lead with $14. Hey, hey, uh, check out the podium, look at this. Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd Ferguson. Yeah, that's right, Turd Ferguson, it's a funny name. Great, let's take a look at the final board. And the categories are potent potables, sharp things, movies that start with the word Jaws, a petite déjeuner. That category is about French phrases, so let's just skip it. Hey, uh, I speak a little French. You're an ass bite. Pardon my French. <laughs> my name's French. Yeah, well, who gives a damn? Moving on. Animal sounds condiments, and finally, your ass or a hole in the ground. <laughs> Mr. Reynolds, unfortunately, you're in the lead, so we'll start with you. Yeah, I'll take the uh, condom thing for uh, 8,000. That's condiments <laughs> for 400. This condiment is made from mustard seeds. French Stewart. The answer, of course, is onions. I'll take condiments for 800, thank you. That's not the right answer. Burt Reynolds. That's not my name. Okay, Turd Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? You buzzed in. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Yeah, well, that's your opinion. I hate my job. The answer was mustard. Mustard is made from mustard seeds. Mr. Reynolds, it's still your board. Yeah, well, uh, why don't you give me, uh, <clears throat> why don't you give me ape tit for 200? It's not ape tit. It's a petite, never mind. Let's just go to animal sounds for 600. This is the sound a doggy makes. Mr. Connery. Moo. No. Well, that's the sound your mother made last night. <laughs> okay, that's not necessary. Burt Reynolds. Who is uh, Scooby-Doo? No. Yeah. That was a funny dog, Scooby-Doo. He drove around a van and uh, solved mysteries. That is incorrect. No, that's correct. <laughs> I remember, you had a pal, Scrappy-Doo. No. French Stewart, the sound a dog makes. Um, 
Who is John Cafferty in the Beaver Brown Band? Thank you very much. I'll take animal sounds for 800. <laughs> This podcast is scheduled for one fall with a 60 minute time limit coming out of the black corner at a combined weight of 666 pounds. Recording to you from WKRP in Cincinnati. I'm your boy Xander Hobbs. This is. This is Bobby, the uh, two take assassin. <laughs> coming to you once again with another edition of the Wrestleocalypse. It is upon all right, and it is upon us indeed, a Super Bowl edition of the WrestleOclipse. Well, a pre-Super Bowl, I should say. Before we get into everything, I just want to do another plug for our boys at Millennium Pro Wrestling. That's my buddy Kyle, Good Looks to Donnie's promotion. Uh, they have an event this Friday called Don't Look Under the Bed. It's a first-time matchup between Miggy Rose versus CJ Tino. If you're in the Chatsworth, California area, be sure to check it out at 7.30 p.m. on Friday, bell time. And the price of admission is... 15 bucks little man yeah you cannot pass that up it will be far superior to whatever you plan on watching on sunday exact mundo and since we're going to be talking about that let's get into our top five yeah we're going to jump right into it uh with the mjf cm punk giveaway on free tv ladies and gents and uh, usually when you're getting stuff for free not really looking forward to it because it's probably going to be craptastic, but this was not the case. Actually, my expectations were exceeded with this match. Likewise, I was actually surprised that they decided to do this on TV because I could have sworn that they were going to do it for a pay-per-view. But the match was good. We discussed it earlier this week. It went a tad on the long side, but still, it didn't really take that much away from it. I enjoyed it. I'm glad that MJF picked up the win due to nefarious means, but all in all is a good match. And it looks like the feud will still continue with MJF and Wardlow on the outside looking in too as well. So it looks like they're doing both. Yeah, definitely. And I wanted to, one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about this is because one huge win for MJF. I read some people think it's the biggest win he's had, but he's had, He's had a ton of wins. He's won went over Cody. He beat Chris Jericho. And now he's beat CM Punk. I mean, he yeah, has a lot of big wins. That's quite the resume under his belt already. So then CM Punk is just a little more of a cherry on top, I think. And I like it. I like how it ended, even though it went a tad on the long side, because it's still this. I think this feud still has legs, and I think they're going to continue with it. That's not the end of it. Yeah. I agree, too. It was just really good, and I just really liked it, although it did go long. But <clears throat> just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Um, we have so much going on. We're going to we're gonna hit these top five like, um, like uh, I don't know, like like you're, you're shuffling and you're throwing jabs out. I don't know. Maybe you're thinking about doing a coast-to-coast, coast, but unfortunately, you just got released from your dad's company. 
Yeah. Shane McMahon acting a fool backstage, apparently, according to reports. I guess he thought that the Royal Rumble was going to be about him, a 56-year-old man that doesn't really even wrestle. And I just thought the whole, when I was reading the reports, the whole thing just sounded so absurd. And I guess he was pissing McMahon off. He was pissing Lesnar off. He was pissing a bunch of other people off about spots he wanted to do. And it's just like, it just sounds, the whole thing sounds weird to me. And this is nothing new with what goes on behind the scenes in WWE. But yeah, for the time being, he's gone. They quietly released him, quote. Quietly recent with 17 different articles across every like publication that covers professional wrestling. Right. Um, yeah. One of the things I read that I really made me chuckle was, I guess there was some, uh, you know, lots of the plans were being changed right up to the show, which is very WWE. That's not a surprise. Yeah. But there was some confusion about when Shane was going to go out versus when Orton was going to go out. And at one point they were like kind of arguing about it. And Randy Orton just looked at Shane O'Mac and was like, I'm not walking out to your music. So you better go out there. Right. I read that too. I thought that was funny. And I also like how it really showed like Brock Lesnar is definitely um, pretty empowered backstage. Yeah, of course. I mean, Uh, he's, he's their cash cow, him and Roman Reigns. So, but, but more so him. So yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that nothing went over well with Mr. Here comes the money. No, I don't think so either. And it's just odd because it seems like over the last nine months, Triple H has been kind of axed out. Shane O'Mac has put much put his own final nail in his own coffin. Right. In, in a lot of ways. But the family is being axed out. I mean, we haven't seen Stephanie or heard much of her. She's, you know, she does more of the corporate, the back end of things, you know, dealing with like Make-A-Wish Foundation and their marketing and stuff like that but um i just like i i guess maybe because i want to i want it so bad i guess like i keep sniffing for that the sale like right right i just feel like all these things are just slowly setting it up and as as con gets more and more um sway and and stroke backstage it just seems like more and more that as these TV deals come come closer and closer to being an end, because I don't think they're going to get the same amount of money as they did. No, absolutely not. I think that, uh, you know, the rumors are going to become really, really thick. And, you know, where there's smoke, there's often fire. So uh, I'm, I'm just, this is why I put this on there. It's like four steps away from what I think is really interesting. But, um, you know, Shadow Max producing has always been kind of terrible. Yeah, so it's no big loss, and yeah, everything that you said is correct. So that's what I agree with that on that aspect. But um, we had a familiar face come back Friday, this past Friday on SmackDown. Um, can you tell me who he is? Yes, he is a former title holder himself. He is known to defeat um champions very quickly and um i think he is unequivocally one of your favorite wrestlers of all time we're talking about goldberg yeah mr bill greenberg comes back and that's the last guy i wanted to see and the here's the thing with all this shit it's on that saudi arabia pay-per-view and it's just another thing for roman reigns and 
what he, he's just been fighting part-timers lately. And I don't know. Does anybody want to see this? I don't want to see it because we already know what the WrestleMania match is going to be. So it's just another big waste of time just to get that match. Hopefully after this match, because apparently this is the last match on Greenberg's contract and he'll hopefully he'll just go away and enjoy his life and his money and his son and wife and just leave the wrestling scene for a lot forever. That's, forever. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, for forever. I mean, there's no way he takes the strap, right? I mean, no, because they've been, they've been this Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match has been penciled in for a minute now. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Definitely Goldberg ruined the fiend. I oh mean, yeah, that that was that was the demise. That and that weird Hell in a Cell match. But anyways, um, keeping it into the WrestleMania section um i just have a question are we supposed to care about charlotte flair and ronda rousey fighting at wrestlemania for the uh women's charlotte flair um i haven't gotten that memo yet because i don't care like i would have liked to see vex and rousey go back at it but apparently they're saving that for wrestlemania for the next year which I don't know why. Why are you planning that far? WWE doesn't do long-term booking like that. So I don't know. I'm not excited for it because we know that Rousey will most likely, just from how I'm seeing how WWE books, Rousey will most likely come out with the title, um, dragging the division down even further, I think. Yeah, and it's like... So obviously uh, there was a little bit of a rumor that they kind of pulled Rousey aside and tried to working with her on cutting better promos. Right. You never cut good promos to begin with. I don't know why you started working with her after you had her win the Royal Rumble. Perhaps this is something you guys could have like touched upon a couple weeks ago. Um, but it's like, I guess I don't care because they just like Rousey just came back and Charlotte. I've never cared about Charlotte exactly. other than like when she's putting herself over the entire division. Yeah. It's just, it's just two egomaniacs and I don't see how, what, how they're going to book themselves out of this corner to make it work properly. I don't see it working properly at all, honestly. And it's just, it's just more of the same shit that WWE likes to do. Like, they're going to invest in someone that's not going to be there for the long term. And I'm going to get it into it more in the mailbag. And it's the division is thin and it's not even treading water. It's drowning right now. It's been drowning. So this is going to like, this is going to push it down further. I think. Yeah, I really agree with you. And kind of like thinking about it. Um, it's, it's, there's no, where you go from here is obviously like a big concern, just thinking about storytelling and, and how they can keep this story going. And if they really are going to do the Bex Rousey thing, but I think more concerning is they only give so much time to the women wrestlers, right? For any given show. And yeah, they've put the women in the main event and whatnot here and there. But like, just honestly, they don't get that much time. And so now what little time that we could see better women wrestlers, you develop interesting feuds. Like I'm more interested in whatever uh, Rhea Ripley is doing with 
with the almost superhero at this point than this, but we're not going to get to see as much of that other stuff because this is now a WrestleMania ticket. This is Charlotte, the bit, you know, your, your thoroughbred with Rousey or crossover, you know, cash cow. And it's like, it's going to dominate it. And then we're going to have kind of an equally crappy build with Becky Lynch and Lita, which has no legs beyond this program anyways. Exactly. And even if, say, they're so say hypothetically that Rousey gets the title and they are building up for Bex and Rousey for a title versus title match, then who wins that? If Bex beats her, who cares? Because she beat her already to unify the, or to get both titles. And if Rousey beats her, then there goes that division even more because she beat the top two people in the women's division that nobody on the roster apparently is good enough to beat. So what does that say about your wrestlers? What does that say about your whole product in general? I know they want the crossover appeal, but we've said this a million times. You don't need to have them involved in titles. Like, that's just, I don't understand what their obsession with it is. Rousey is butthurt because the fans don't like her. I don't know if she should be used to that by now because the fans didn't like her in UFC. And she's not going to parade the title around like they think she's going to do. She was even talking shit about WWE when she was, when she lost it to Bex at Mania. And granted, if that was a work or not, it's still, it just seems like they're investing in someone that's not there for the long haul and that doesn't really care. And that just seems to be there for the paycheck. I know she's a wrestling fan, but it just seems like just because people don't cheer for her and get on their knees, she gets butt hurt. So it's just, it's just boggles my mind. Yeah, it, it does. And again, like we've said before, what once was the probably the strongest asset in the company was this really deep and incredible women's roster that spanned from the main roster to NXT has now just been whether it's been one poor booking, two releases, lots of releases of of women who could actually wrestle, had characters, you know, I mean Ruby Soho is a crowd favorite on another promotion, but wasn't good enough for WWE. But when you look at that roster, like she should could certainly be doing something, you know. Yeah, like Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, and Liv Morgan can all be doing more, and they can be allotting more time for them. Instead, now they're going to put all their eggs into this basket with Rousey and Charlotte. So I don't know. I don't even know what to say anymore. Yeah, but um, we're going to wrap up the top five, a very WWE heavy top five, which is maybe why I have this sour taste in my mouth. Right. Uh, but I, I mean, I think I texted you that Dynamite is Danielson. Yeah, what a great promo. Like a little inside baseball with his promo too. I mean, and then with him and Mox joining up or potentially joining up. I see this being good because I can't really call it where it's going to go. And I like it when it's like that. And I feel like, you know, just um, some Xander booking 101, maybe they do get together for a little bit, but Mox doesn't like uh, Danielson's attitude and like his aggressiveness towards the young cats. And then that turns into a feud in them. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways where this can go. So it's interesting. It's got my attention and, you know, that's more of a reason for me to watch dynamite to see what unfolds in this um, situation. So hint, hint, other com- promotions. This is how you get to people to tune into the next show, regardless of what some marks will say about the ratings. 
Yeah, definitely. I really, I really liked the, um, the genius of, of calling hangman page, the a millennial cowboy. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. Cause I think that has shirt written all over it. That'll probably sell fucking bonkers. Um, I like what you said. I think that's, what's so key is like kind of this lost art of teasing something, right? Like, and you don't really know which way it's going to go. So you want to tune in cause you do want to see, I think also it's just a testament to, and I'm sure because he had the creative control when he was in WWE, uh, just, you know, Danielson's mind for wrestling, just like he's better than every single creative person that WWE owns. And he's probably as good or better than every other creative person that AEW um, hires, doesn't own, but that they, they employ. I'm sorry. Um, you know, and you just see it, see, you see it across the last, his career, really like his ability to get himself over his ability to be in interesting programs, to make programs interesting and just how fast he's done these three programs here in AEW and they all work. And even though he's kind of like similar, but different character in all of them, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with his ears to the ground with, the wrestling community. Like he knows what the rumblings are. He knows how fans are. This started with him being the planet's champion and calling fans fickle. So he knows which points to hit. So when people like us and all of you guys out there hear it and we're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. This guy's a flippy dude. And yeah, this is, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool because he's pretty much saying what a lot of other different people are saying, obviously taking it to another level for the show, but it's just, it's relatable because this is all the stuff that we hear and it's being confirmed by him. Someone that's actually in the business. Yeah, it's really good. And um, I don't, whatever, however they pull this story, it all ends with these two guys wrestling, right? For like, sure. For sure. So, which again, I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, and overall, I got to say, though, like, I, you know, solid, solid week for AEW uh, across their shows. WWE is is ramping up for WrestleMania season. And, well, we talked a lot about it. We will see how that goes. But we got a few odds and ends to cover. Like, uh, who the hell is Dan Housen? Yeah, man. I've been hearing about this guy for a while. He's a big indie darling dude. I've never really seen any of his matches and I just know he paints his face and does weird stuff. And I, I don't know who he is and I don't know if I'm going to even like him. If I do some deep diving into him, I never got a chance this week, but uh, I just, I'm just like, man, I, I don't know yet. And then also too, just to add to this, cause I just remembered that there's supposed to be a big announcement on dynamite. And some people are saying that it's going to be Keith Lee making a debut. So we'll have to wait and see when, what happens with that. But I don't know. Have you done any research on Mr. Housen? No, he seems to. Yeah, I think I think you hit it just right. Like uh, kind of indie darling, kind of like Warhorse. Yes. You know, just they yeah. really like him. And, you know, I thought that it, I enjoyed his little moment with Adam Cole in there in his in the lights out match with orange cassidy when he just kind of comes out from underneath the ring does his like weird curse thing and you know i just think it's like i'm interested to see because it's a character i like characters and i think they 
they need a few more characters in AEW. True. With true. kind of how, I mean, there's no more like the Matt Hardy character is doing the Hardy family business. The Dark Order is no longer like a cult, a cult thing. I mean, we don't have we don't have the Redeemer anymore for now. So it's just I think like I'm interested in that. Um, but I have not seen one of his matches. If he even has yeah, matches. I get that. Well, just like I said, I'm going to reserve my judgments for it. But like, I know he's super popular and people like him, just like how people like Warhorse. And I wasn't really a fan of that. I'm not saying they're going to be the same, but I just, it seems hokey. But like you said, it's probably needed. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. So moving on. Yeah, definitely. We'll be checking it out. Um, I agree with you. The MLW is just doing these little Jacob Fatu vignettes, really, right? It's like, seems like an extended interview that they're breaking up and releasing in little yeah. segments. Yeah. And it's cool, too, because it looks like they're setting him up for a baby face run. Obviously, he was the de facto face when him and Mans Kruger went at it. But I like these interviews. They remind me of the McFoley sit down with. JR, they remind me of, you know, a lot of these cool, almost candid interviews that they have because it makes the characters more relatable. Like going back to Mick Foley when he was Mankind and he said he, he was saying like he just wanted people to like him and stuff like that. So you saw like a human side to this like deranged character that he was playing and it turned him into this just over the top lovable baby face. I'm not saying Fatu will be that, but it's in the same wheelhouse and it's just like when he talks about his struggles, he talks about how he didn't have anything, even though and he tried different avenues. It just it's it makes it relatable to like people. I know wrestling is supposed to be over the top, but like when you get that connection with people is because you can relate to, to them in some way. Like I'm not saying the ultimate warrior is relatable. He was just in a different area era. But with, with this era today, people want to like relate to someone. That's why Stone Cold became so popular. So if they keep doing this, this is just all more of good and it raises Jacob Fatu's stock tremendously because the guy can talk and he can go in the ring. And, and so this is just completing this total package he already is. Yeah, it's really good. And I always like, you know, pulling the curtain back a little bit. Um, I think you're right. I think that uh, even though we probably have more access to wrestlers, like they don't. I like it's hard for the average consumer to really understand kind of the road that people take to get to become professional wrestlers. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and it's interesting because especially with someone like Fatu, who theoretically had all of the, would have had all of the, you know, inroads with his family connections, but he got there really circuitously and not without a bunch of hard knocks, you know? Right. And so it's just interesting to hear the story and then to see where, where he is. And um, it seems like him and Hammerstone are committed to MLW for a while. And so they've got two really good guys at the top for sure. Yeah, exactly. So that's just more good stuff and more momentum for MLW. Yeah, so I wanted I I picked an MLW one. I read this really cool article, or it was not an article. It was like one of these clickbaity things that just takes some some shit that was on a podcast and puts it as an article. But uh, Hammerstone was talking about how much he's enjoyed 
doing the MLW Azteca program and working with the Cesar Duran character and just how much he liked for kind of bringing that Lucha Underground style into the MLW. Um, and I know that they're set. They're going to start going back to, I think, more of their traditional programming. Um, yeah, this is the last week in Tijuana this week. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think? Do you think it was a hit or a miss for them as far as building their brand, advancing their stories and, you know, just kind of like this experiment, are we going to see it again? Is it going to be an annual thing you think or the Azteca underground? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope so because it brings a different spin to their television show. So, I mean, I enjoyed the stuff that they did. You're talking about the Tijuana stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. Some of the matches were a little too lucha for me, like a lot of standing around and waiting, but other than that, it's cool to see different characters. Like I believe Laredo kid and um, shit. I can't remember who else is wrestling in that six man, but anyways, yeah, I hope they do more of it because it breaks up the monotony of the show. Not saying that it um, fusion is monotonous, but it can get that way. It shows, it lets them feature more people and it lets them, you know, keep everyone fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it too. I just don't know. Like, I wonder, I wonder if, like if you're trying to grow your audience, does something like that grow your audience or is it really just kind of like fan service for your hardcore fans? You probably watch Lucha Underground, you know, who like they like MLW anyways. You're probably not getting a whole bunch of new fans from it, you know? Yeah, I agree with the latter of what you said. Yeah, they're not they're not trying to they're just trying to reach who they got right now. They're a small promotion and they're just trying to do what they can to build momentum. So. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but I liked it a lot, and I agree. I hope they do more of it. One thing that they nobody should do more of is um, Big E, the Big Buried. Yeah, his push is done, apparently, and that's McMahon 101. Like, he gets hot on someone, and then he gets tired of it. So I don't know what happened. I'd like to know what happened. But yeah, it looks like for the time being, the Biggie's push is done and he's back in the mid card, which is unfortunate because I don't think he even really got a shot to get out of the get out of the gates um, with the title. So I don't they try to build new people and then they get frustrated when nobody, you know, when it doesn't go the way they want. I don't know what I know. And I guess that's what's so confusing to me, because it's like I don't even know what way they wanted to go. Right. Like there was no like he took like he took all these clean pins and multi-person matches, but he he had all the titles. He had Intercontinent like, you know, he had the cashing in moment like it's just so strange. And like the crowd was I thought I felt like he was pretty over. I thought so, too. And that and people were seeing if he had heat, but he's light or well liked backstage. He's like kind of in an, in an ambassador role when he goes out in public and people seem to like him. So I don't get what they did. I don't think he should have been the one to lose the title or get pinned when Brock Lesnar regained. I think they freaked out when Reigns couldn't wrestle. And this was them just um, doing a knee-jerk reaction, which I think was a poor choice and poor thing to do. I just, I don't know. Like, I thought the guy, I think Big E 
has the potential to be a top guy in the WWE just with how he is outside of the ring, how well-spoken he is when he's not doing the silly shit, his move set, his mic skills. So they're really, they're really missing the boat right here, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I don't think it's like, it wasn't the same as how they did Kofi because I felt like that was more disrespectful. Right. Having Kofi lose after one F five. But I felt like Kofi had a better chance at being a champion. Yeah, because Kofi had actually a decent run. It was better than Big E's run. He had some successful title defenses. He had good matches. And I just don't know what Sour did. And it's funny because I was talking to someone about this. What's going on behind the scenes or trying to decipher what's going on is more entertaining than what they're putting on, on Raw or even SmackDown. So that has something to be said. There's just a lot of like turmoil in the back and nobody seems to know what to do. And that's just makes your point earlier, even more profound that it sounds like they're getting ready for a sale because everything's just kind of up in the air right now. Yeah. Well that like, that's not what an investor wants to see though. So that's they better true. get that fucking ship righted. Um, but I also think like, yeah, there's something amiss and I don't know what it is, but like, I just feel like all of the, like just the recent happenings is that there is something going on. That's taking Vince's attention away from the overall product. I know everyone's gonna say like, no, he's still making all of the, and maybe that's what it is, is he's making, he's micromanaging more and not seeing all these other things that are happening globally with the company. But I don't know. I'm not back there, but it's interesting. And the thing is they have to, they have to start building someone besides reigns like now, because they can't keep relying on Brock Lesnar. There's going to be a time where he's like, I've got all the money in the world. I'm done. They can't, they, they really have no one else that they can position in the company besides reigns. And Reigns can be your guy. You know, I've made peace with that a long time ago, but you have to have other pieces around him for it to be successful. Look at all the other successful eras and how many wrestlers that they've had. Like in the Hogan era, you had Mach, you had DiBiase, you had Jake Roberts, you had the Hart Foundation, the Bushwhackers, the Rockers. And then you go back into the Stone Cold era, you had Mankind, you had Undertaker, Triple H. And then you can, there's always pieces around. And so they have one guy right now that they can rely on and everybody else is lukewarm. So that's not a recipe. That's not the recipe they've been using in the past. I know they're making money. I know their investors are making money, but the thing is those, those TV deals, like you said, are not going to be for the price that they paid for earlier. So something's got to be done. Yeah. I agree. And uh, we're going to be watching the we're going to be watching the carnage as it happens. But uh, that is going to wrap up our first half. The first half that we are then going to move on to the second half, the second half, which we like to call. Cool shit. Yeah, boy. All right. Check out this hot tune and we'll be right back at you. I'm not 
Once again, we're back with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Bobby's favorite segment, the Dark Lord's favorite segment, and this high-speed pursuit on Channel 9's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? We like to call it Cool Shit. And Cool Shit always starts out with a certain something. Yeah, it's the mailbag, and we just got to wait. I hear that uh, you're watching the guys trying to come deliver it to us on Channel 9. Exactly. What kind of car? What kind of car is it? It's a motorcycle. Oh, even better. Yep. Spectacular crashes could be in store. And he just stopped. So we're going to get right into it. All right. All right. All right. Kilminster underscore nine. It seems like Xander and Bobby are full fledged passengers on the bloodline bandwagon. What made you guys finally see the light? See what light? (laughs) <laughs> did you yeah i would recommend listening to the first half of this show and you can i got off the bloodline bandwagon a few stops ago i've never been on the bloodline bandwagon yes i've been giving roman raids props since he's turned but that's not that doesn't necessarily make me a fan like like i don't know if you listen to this much but we call it down the middle if something's good happening we're gonna acknowledge it and trust me, I'm not a Roman Reigns fan by any means. And I'm getting honestly getting pretty tired of this because I don't see it going ending well. But yeah, I don't know how else to answer that. Still not a fan, yeah. but I'm going to say that he's still doing a good job. Yeah, but I agree. Um, I would say that the only reason Xander is wearing his Bloodline t-shirt right now is because he is such a big uh, fan of Jimmy and Jay Uso. Because yes. he has been down with them from day one-ish. I, I am a fan of the Usos. So, I mean, I guess if you want to make me a fan of the Bloodline because of that, <laughs> then so be it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's one thing, like, you know, we it's just a good creative story. It really is. They've yeah. done well with some of the twists and turns, and he he plays the character well. It's good. It's like, but it's not, it's not fucking Austin 316. Is that Hulkamania, you know? Yeah, like, it's cool. Look it. here's the thing, bro, Mr. Kilminster. I'm sure you are a big Roman Reigns fan with a lot of other people out there, and that is okay with me. But let's stop anointing him like he's the second coming of Austin or even like John Cena. Like, Roman Reigns is very popular in the wrestling universe, but you go outside that universe into the real world, I don't think a lot of people still know who he is. So let's just pump the brakes. I'm not saying he won't get there, 
But it's just let's not let's stop anointing people so much. There's not going to be another Austin. There's not going to be another Hogan. There's not going to be another Cena. So get over it. We lived through the Austin era. And I know you want to be part of history, but history is history. And you can just be part of this, them making money and doing pay-per-views and premium live events in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. With the blood money. Um, Next. Next. The paradox. I'm sure you guys have heard about all the Joe Rogan hoopla Whoopi Goldberg, and now with The Rock getting involved, what are your guys' thoughts on all of this, and do you agree with calls for him to be canceled? Well, here's the thing. I've heard about all of it. Like, that's all that's really been playing. And, I mean, here, just to answer the quick question of him to him taking off Spotify, no, I don't think he should be taking off Spotify. I don't think, you know, as much bullshit as he's spouting, as long as he's not calling for people to be violent, then he can pretty much say whatever he wants under the first amendment, you know, within, without consequence, but should he be more responsible about it? Absolutely. Um, I used to listen to his podcasts and then it took a turn to when he started having more conspiracy theory, more right wing people on there. And it just like, I tuned out of it. And the thing is, he's got to be, he's got a lot of listeners and I'm, he's got to be more responsible with the way he's doing things. Like what he said, and I'm going to hold him to it. I doubt it's going to happen. If he has a conservative guest with conservative views, he should have a liberal guest with liberal views right after I was looking on the long list of stuff that he had, and it's just way more conservative people. So he's got, he's part of that echo chamber. As far as what all this stuff about him, what he's saying and everything like that, like, I don't really have too much to say about it. I'm not up in arms about it. I mean, uh, and with the rock involved, he's just doing damage control. So it's like, I just, I don't really know. I don't, what do you think about this? Yeah. I mean, I think like, um, I think that Joe Rogan has every right to say whatever he wants and have conversations with whoever he wants. But like when you take a hundred million dollars and you're on Spotify, people are going to bitch at you and they're going to complain and they're not going to like the things you do. And unfortunately in our polarized society today, there is no nuanced conversation about any of it. Right. And frankly, I think that the, some of the episodes in question, like, I'm sorry, I think that, you know, Robert Malone is probably no longer really can be considered like, a trustworthy source, source of information. Yeah, absolutely. Cause there was, a, I was just reading about, I'm sorry, just before I forget, I was reading the stuff of someone the New York times breaking down that article and everybody was all, all the anti-vaxxers and everybody was so excited about him being on there. And a lot of the stuff he was saying was debunked like consistently. And so you have this guy and, you know, people can come out and say whatever they want. Like, and yeah, maybe he, he did have a part of it, but the thing is just because he had a part of it doesn't mean that everything he says are facts. And the bottom line is, and this is what I tell people all the time. I have a couple of colleagues that are, you know, not, they don't want the vaccine or for whatever reason, that's fine. That's their choice. But they came out with a lot of fallacies. And all I said was just, um, oh, I just drew a blank. Um, what makes him correct 
and not all the other doctors and science scientists in like correct as well. Like you have these couple people that they, the anti-vaxxers like to hang on to, but yet there's tons and tons of doctors and scientists that agree with it. So what makes them right? And these other, this group of people wrong. That's just my question. Yeah, exactly. I, and it's also, to me, it's like, um, on, on like the same vein, it's like, you know, people are pouting, like, look at raw, look at all of his accolades, look at his academic career. It's like, but you dismissed that from all of these other people. Right. Right. And it's like, the bottom line is the guy obviously has a point of view. I think, you know, when you listen to what he says, I feel that it's pretty obvious he has an ax to grind. Yeah. Right. There's a reason why he's so very proud of being called, wants to be called the inventor of the mRNA vaccine, which in medical research, no, there is very, very, very few single things that anymore are singly, singularly invented by someone. Yeah. You know, it's like there are teams of people and huge amounts of studies and huge amounts of clinical trials and all of these things to get to this point. And it's like, so, but also there is no fucking canceling. Joe Rogan's not going to get canceled. Spotify's no, not, not going to cancel him. He's has a hundred million dollars. He and Dave Chappelle can sell out arenas. He, if he wanted to, he could be on Tucker Carlson tomorrow night or any, he could go on any other news program would have him for a conversation. He's not fucking canceled and stop with the cancel culture. Everyone's like, just because somebody gets criticized does not mean they're being canceled. No. People and if actually, anything- Carlos Mencia was canceled. Right. Right. They were co- like Colin Kaepernick was canceled. Yes. So it's like it's people want to say it's funny because the people that are, quote, being canceled, that are bitching about being canceled. I've never heard more out of their mouths in like forever. Like you're not canceled because I'm still hearing you talk. And so people need to get off of this shit. And it's like, like I said, back to responsibility, Joe Rogan was saying that he just likes to have conversations with people. But like there was one instance where he said, quote, when they're talking about myocarditis, he said, if a 20 year old, one year old came to me and asked me about the vaccine, if he should get it, I would tell him no. And it's like there's so many things to unpack with just that short statement right there. It's like if I were Joe Rogan and say I didn't agree with the vaccine. And if some kid asked me if he should get the vaccine, I was like, you should go ask your doctor about that. It's like, and that's, that's, that shuts it down right there. He says he doesn't give medical advice. You just did right there. Like I have more, I have more medical knowledge to be giving out advice and I still don't do it. So, you know, Joe Rogan needs to relax and hopefully this will be like a wake wake up call for him to be a little bit more responsible, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah. And, and, and cause you probably will get myocarditis from your vaccine. <laughs> Exactly. All right. CD-ROM, also something that's been canceled. Right. For a while. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys are in the Southern California area. Did you guys happen to check out the Cali Vibe Fest over the weekend? I did not. Absolutely not. I would. I don't care if the Wu-Tang Clan was there. You would not catch me dead at a place like that. And for of you guys that don't know what the Cali Vibe Fest is... It is this three-day festival of, excuse me, this is what my friend of mine, Sean, call it, of white guy reggae. Like, just like a bunch of bands, like Long Beach Dub All-Stars, Dirty Heads, um, what is it, Iration or whatever that bullshit is. It all sounds the same to me. And it's just not good. So, no, I was not there. And if you were there, CD-ROM, I hope you had a great time. 
It was it was last weekend. Yeah, it was this past weekend. Oh yeah, I see, I see. It was in Long Beach, dude. Shaggy is, I mean, Sean Paul. (laughs) The atmosphere, they're pretty legit. I mean, like I said, not my cup of tea. A, it's not my type of music. B, I don't do festivals like that anymore. But um, if you had a great time, tell us. Tell us some of the bands that we probably won't put them on the uh, playlist. But either way, I hope you had a great time. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, Dirty Heads is all over the 2021 playlist. So I know, and that that's all you right there. So yeah. Well, they're good tracks, man. They're good. It's tracks. all good, man. To each their own. But I that just. Does- Whatever vibe you're into, bro. Whatever hey, that's vibe fine, you're dude. into. And that does it for our mailbag. I know it's kind of short this week, but if you would like to make it longer and have more questions, wrestling or non-wrestling, you can get at me on Instagram. That's Xander Hobbs, X-A-N-D-E-R underscore H-O-B-B-E-S. Bobby, where can they find you? Wrestleocalypse, spelled like it sounds, and uh, both of these hyperlinks are available in the Spotify um, show notes. Right. So make sure you get on that Spotify playlist. Make sure you get those questions, smash the follow and like buttons and uh, give us some support and we'll throw it back to you guys. Yes, indeed. All right. We only have two more of these segments. Utah, give me two. Yes, we've got offsides and delay of game. And this is the uh, obviously there was only one football game last weekend, but we can't even really call it a football game. It's the Pro Bowl. Oh, which, I, I didn't even watch it. Yeah, I think the only thing that happened is the Saints running back uh, got arrested. Yeah, just so. beat someone savagely in an elevator. Like, well, I don't understand this mentality of people with so much money and a lot to lose doing shit like this. It's like, dude, you're on thin ice to begin with and now you pull this shit off it's totally yeah. unnecessary no not at all um and also it's just like just knows i you know obviously i don't know all of the more will come out about it but it's just it's you're you're a you're not aaron Rodgers, dude right you like you you're not above the law. Nobody's going to come save you. You are an expendable asset for your team. Like, you know, you're running back in the modern NFL. Like if anybody, anybody who's played fantasy knows that if that they will plug somebody else into that role. Absolutely. Guy, you know, and, and the thing is, as much as we rag on Aaron Rodgers, he's not beating people up in elevators. Like no. he's just saying, like, you can say all the dumb shit you want, but when you start, inflicting violence on people like i'm not down for that in any way shape or form and like i said you will get the deep we'll get more details but like i've seen some articles on it and you know and seen the guys so it's not good like none of this and there there doesn't seem to really be any question no uh, that like they pretty much have him on dead to rights right and they said they the guy put his hand on camara and then Kamara proceeded to beat the shit out of him, broke his orbital bone, and him and his other buddies jumped in on it. So, yeah, there's no really way out. So I don't see this going well for him. No, no, nor should it. No, absolutely. Nor should it. But anyways, there is actually other stuff that – not football, but the Brian Flores saga thickens. 
Um, they are unpacking quite a bit since last time we spoke. I didn't, I don't, I didn't know this last time, but apparently John Elway came to do his interview, like hung over shit from the yeah, previous night. I read that. And it's like, and then the, obviously the whole shit with the Giants, they mm-hmm. waited three days to put out their God. I mean, obviously the Giants are a terrible franchise. Exactly. So I'm not that surprised. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see if this lawsuit, you know, if it moves the needle at all. But I do know that they're super, like the consensus among people in the know is that the NFL and the owners are super upset that this is pretty much taking over the Super Bowl news cycle. Yeah, well, let's start hiring people that are competent, you know, and this is I know I said this on last week's episode. This is like a good old boys club and these are old guys and these are old guys that have certain ways of thinking and you could just see it like you know people you have people on the other side want to cry that like just because they saying that they're just trying to assume because they're saying it's racist because they weren't qualified for the job like i said there's no reason brian flores should be searching for a job right now after he took a team that hasn't had a winning season in 20 years and gave them back-to-back winning seasons and yeah, so, despite despite being incentivized to lose games, right, right, which they're going to lose games so that they can get a quarterback, and then he's going to get fired because he can't win games, right? Yeah, Isn't which that how is this what shit that, usually fucking works. Yeah, and that ex Browns uh, coach um, um confirmed it in so many words too. I think it's Hugh Jackson or, or Hugh Hugh is it Hugh Jackson? But anyways. And then there was like that text from Belichick to him that was an accidental text or something like that. Yeah. So oh, I don't, oh, oh, sorry. Right, wrong Brian. Ooh, right. Ouch. So, I mean, like I said, and the only thing that I think that's going to happen is they're going to fold for a little bit, hire a couple of these coaches, then fire them, then in a couple of years. And there is, here's what I'm saying. His Deal has legs, but it just sucks when all these guys conglomerate together and then they have the money to, you know, kind of overturn this. But you have a lot of nepotism in the NFL and a lot of coaches that are unqualified have jobs and have secure ones. So it just makes me like, what does um, our friend Tucker Carlson say? I just have questions about the whole thing. <laughs> just asking questions, just asking yeah. questions. Exactly. Yeah, I think the... um I think the the things I'm looking for or am interested in moving forward are one, if they're able, if this, you know, basically nobody thinks this will ever, I mean, Brian, Brian Flores, I guess could, he could not care about his career at this point and just be like, right. I don't care. Like, and he's probably blackballed anyways. Like, um, but nobody thinks the NFL is going to let this get to discovery because once they do, then so basically all of this stuff they've done about how terrible of an organization the Redskins are right where all the Gruden emails came out which yeah. made him lose uh they don't if Dan Snyder doesn't want them to release it they can't release it exactly so the only way you're ever going to see it is if if it, there comes a lawsuit like the Brian Flores one that hopefully we can see a little bit more of these inner workings and machinations from these owners. Um, and I think if that's the case, it could dramatically alter the league. I mean, there, you know, some, I don't think it's going to happen, but some people are saying that possibly the owner of the 
the Dolphins could end up take the fall for a lot of this, and he could lose his team over the basically the pay the pay to lose. Supply. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest one that looks like it that could surface. But like I said, when you have a bunch of guys that are like uber rich and have money, and they're going up again, you know, I, it doesn't it doesn't seem to be like working out well. And like I said, I'm not surprised by any of this. And even if we find more stuff, I won't be surprised because, like I said again, and I'll say it again another time is. It's just a bunch of old guys that have old ideals, and this is just how it goes. Yeah, and they have old money, and they've never been told no. So exactly. So the biggest way to like get into the to get after them is to hit them in the pocket and to stop watching things. But nobody's going to do that. So we'll just have to, like we like to say, wait and see what comes up. Yep. Indeed, but we're going to do a couple quick picks before we move on for our Super Bowl picks. All right, Rams versus the Bungles. The Lambs versus the Bungles, I guess, if we're doing their nicknames. All right, who wins? So I have to pick one. I mean, my head's going with the Rams, but I want the Bengals to win. But for this case, I'm picking the Bengals. All right, I am picking the Bengals too. Because I think the MVP is going to be Joe Burrows. He's yeah, I can get down with ice that. Ice water in his veins. Yeah, I can get down with that. All right. I don't think it's going to be a very high scoring game. I'm going to take, I'm going to take, well, what, what, are, what are you putting the over under at? Because I know what the over under is, but what do you think it is? I was going to say pick the points, but just tell me what the over-under is, and then we'll pick who the over-under, what the, if you're going to take it or leave it. The over-under is 48 and a half. Oh, I'm going under. It could be like a 20, 25, 24, 20 game. That doesn't make it over-under, though. Yeah, I think the under. I think it's going to be like a 16, 19 game. Yeah, I think I'll take the under, too. I was I was talk, thinking about taking the over earlier today, but now that you'd say, no, I'll probably go under. It just depends which Rams team comes out and how the Bengals play defense. Because if if the Rams that are firing on all cylinders come out, they can put up points. But the Bengals have a good defense. Yeah, and so do the Rams. I mean, right? You know, they right, can get after right. the quarterback. I mean, Darnold is probably one of the top five defenders in the league for sure. True. True. Um, yeah, I'll take the under. So, and then that's also the Super Bowl is so weird with everything else going on. I mean, didn't we like? We just had that awful game that Sean McVay was in, what, two or three years ago? The Patriots, when the Patriots beat the Rams and they scored yeah. like a combined nine points or some ridiculous like shit like that. So I'm going with the uh, the under. Um, I think the, uh, the Rams are going to have the first touchdown. I do too. The coin flip, I think is going to go heads and the Rams are going to receive. Oh, I like it. Yes. Okay. I can go with that. I think if the Bengals win it, they will defer. Yes. I was going to say that too. So I think either way that the Rams are going to uh, start the game with the ball, hence winning the first touchdown. So um I, you know, I'm interested. I will, you know, I'll probably be somewhere or doing something where the game will be on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's another, it's a good day, Super Bowl Sunday. And we have the Bengals in it. They haven't been in it for 30 years, I believe. So 
it'll be cool to see. And honestly, even if the Bengals do lose, it won't be the last of them because they're super young at their skill positions. So it'll they'll be back. Yeah, I mean, this the AFC in the future is really shaking out to is going to be one brutal conference. Absolutely. With some of the young young QB talent they have there. It's like I mean, Patrick Mahomes it, it used to be the thought was that he's going to get a couple chips and it's like I don't know if you're going to get another one, bro. <laughs> like Yeah, probably uh, yeah, the, and you as barely long as squeaked his, out against the Bills. You lost to the Bengals. They're both young, awesome quarterbacks. Yep. And I as mean, long as his brother and his wife are distractions, I don't see it going down too well. But yeah. anyways. All right. So, everybody, happy Super Bowl Sunday in advance. Enjoy the game. Be safe. Don't drink and drive. Um, and we're going to move on to the match of the week. Bam, bam, bam. And you picked this one out. So why don't you start it out? I did, and it comes back to just like Ring of Honor just knows what people named Steven or Bobby or Xander want to watch. And this one is Kevin Steen versus Shinsuke Nakamura, War of the Worlds 2014, Ring of Honor Wrestling YouTube channel. Classic, classic. Um, I don't know, like... I. Is this not is Nakamura still in his prime at this point? Yeah, because he's the uh, IGWP Intercontinental Champion, and you could tell. Yeah, he was still in his prime. This is just about as as he was about to leave, I believe, because I think he left in 2016 with him, AJ Styles, and the Good Brothers all left together. So this is him on his like I would still say it's in his prime. Because if you watch the match, this is more like the King of Strong style that we know. And Kevin Steen was working a more physical style as well. Like both of their styles that they work here are night and day of what they work in WWE. And as much as I would like to see this Shinsuke Nakamura in WWE, apparently from what I've read and stuff like that, he's happy doing what he's doing there. Because, you know, you can imagine the toll on his body. And he's an MMA guy, too. And he just says he likes to surf and hang out and he's collecting a paycheck. So he's stoked with it. Kevin Owens, there's been rumblings about him going or staying. I don't, he just resigned though. Didn't he, he resigned? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's so staying. He's I think staying. he's happy too. I mean, yeah. Like, but, and like I've said before, we want to see our favorites, you know, excel. And, but the thing is we have to remember that maybe some of these guys like the positions they're in and, you know, a Steen, Kevin Owens slash Steen is featured pretty much weekly on both shows. And so with that, he gets a TV bonus. He's getting merch bonus. He's getting, you know, he's getting a great paycheck downside. So there's really nothing for him to be salty about. And, you know, like I said about Nakamura, same thing. Yeah, exactly. But it is, it's a really hard hitting match. They definitely yeah, wrestle. Sorry, back to that. We digressed. Yeah. Very strong style. Um, and it's just, it's like Ring of Honor matches are cool. They're in small venues. The crowd is always hot just to be hot. Um, but I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was really good. I really like the Killstein kill stuff. <laughs> yeah, I I almost forgot about that when I, tur- before I turned it on. And yeah, it was just, it was back and forth. It was really cool. And that's an, that's another example of someone, I know someone asked this on a mailbag a long time ago, what's looking strong in defeat? And the way that Kevin Owens lost, the match went back and forth. 
And, you know, he took the, he took the L, but it was just really well done and was, I don't know, what is it like 15 minutes? Yeah. It's, it's just over like 16 minutes. Yeah. Not, not, not a long match, but very good. So you can check this out on ring of honors, YouTube page. Cause they'll do, um, they'll send out free matches a bunch. I have a shit ton on my watch later list that I have to go into that. I've been wanting to put out on for a match of the week, but you just, um, beat me to the punch which i don't mind at this point <laughs> yeah well this is just like you know they know youtube's putting nice nice little things in my uh in my um suggested uh in the little column to the right the suggested videos so and once i saw this one i was like oh i gotta watch that because they're awesome they're just really good and very happy to see this match Ooh, right so now that we're done with our match of the week, we do watch other things besides pro wrestling. So we got some good stuff for you this week on the other things that are happening on the proverbial boob tube. Yeah, man, I don't have much. We found this show called Remotel. It's on the Discovery Network. They're like short little 15 minute um, mini mini show series just all going throughout America, fighting these people who have kind of re restored and revamped like roadside motels. It was cool. It's interesting. I liked it. Um, And then just, we're just, we're kind of in a rut of just all the same stuff. And like a lot of it that we watch is we have to wait for the new episodes to come out weekly. So it's like Alex versus America. um, The, uh, the ghost hunter show, um, kids baking championship and that stuff. So we're just kind of waiting uh, for the next season of everything to kind of start back up again. But right. So not a lot of, not a lot of good. I don't have a lot of good uh, tips for all you looking for, for hot television watching. Yeah. But the good news is I do. (laughs) So we watched, we finished up hell's kitchen, young guns, really good. I mean, I'm always a big fan of Hell's Kitchen. And then we started Top Chef Portland, which is pretty cool. They got a lot of uh, James Beard Award winning chefs on there. And it's in Portland, which is a cool city. And this is post-pandemic or kind of during the pandemic, not post-pandemic because we're still in it. But it's during the pandemic. So when they do their like quick fire challenges or whatever, and they have to get their lists, they have to put them on the do them on the iPad. And then they get the groceries delivered to them, but they still have 30 minutes to find it. And there's a little different swerves because they have a lot of guest judges on there, which is cool. So we only on episode like three. So there's more to go. So I'll keep you guys posted. We watched this documentary or I watched most of it. It's called The Tindler Swindler, which is on Netflix. And it's about this dude who was saying he's uh, his dad owned this diamond company and he was just picking up women on Tinder because he was showing how lavish his lifestyle is. And to the, these women not making great choices, taking trips to him with him to Bulgaria when they first meet. And then he would go to another chick and use money to pay for whatever. He was just a con man. And so they all, um, what is it? Got together to kind of get, put, take this guy down. And they did. He got arrested. He was supposed to be in jail for like 15 months. He spent five there and he's running around spending money. He didn't even lose money. And he said to have like robbed people for over like $10 million and he hasn't paid any of them back. So it's like, 
weird thing how that worked out. So I don't know. A lot of um, dumb decisions, though. A lot of better decisions could have been made yeah. to avoid all that. Because right. if I have met someone, which I wouldn't meet on the internet, for so there goes that. You can roll credits. But say I did, and you know we're hitting it off, and he's and the chicks all, oh, I got a flight to Bulgaria. You want? You should go with me. I'd go. I'd be like, go fuck yourself. I met you for an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like all kinds of shit could go wrong when you're traveling with someone for two hours, let alone internationally. Give me a break. But it was an interesting watch. You can watch it or not. I don't give a shit. Last one on the list was is called All of Us Are Dead. And it came up on my feed uh, recommendation. And it's a Korean show. It takes place in a high school that gets infiltrated by zombies. I'm on episode two. So it's pretty cool. It's in that kind of vein of Squid Games, like, you know, Korean show, but not the same storyline. But I like zombie stuff. It's pretty interesting how they're doing this. I can't tell you if it's going to be good or not because I'm on episode two, but it does have my attention. So that's what I've been watching. I have some time, surprisingly. I should be studying, but I watch these instead. It's okay, man. I think at this point, we all have faith in your ability to manage your own time. So, you know, you just keep doing what you're doing. Um, but we're going to move on to get rid of one. Bobby's turn again. That's me. And wow. uh, I feel on my last one, I have an idea of some thematic uh, get rid of ones that I'm going to work my way through. And today I think is an excellent one. Um we're heading down to one of my favorite states, uh, Colorado, to a small town in the mountains called South Park. Oh, right. And are you getting rid of Stan, Kenny, Cartman, or Kyle? Oh, wow. The that's, four main guys. That's really tough. That is really, really tough. All right. I'm going to have to break this down a little bit. I know. Okay. So... Carmen and Kyle, I can't get rid of because their banter back and forth and their shit is just hilarious. So I can't get rid of that. Stan, he's got his moments and I like Randy. So I feel if Stan goes, Randy goes and I like Randy a lot. So unfortunately, when it comes down to it, I got to get rid of Kenny because he's poor. <laughs> you fuck any yeah i came to the same conclusion um definitely the whole thing is the randy connection is tough right you know even though i feel maybe in some of the latter seasons randy became a little too much of a focal point yeah there seem to be I a lot of episodes that weren't based on the kids anymore they right were kind of based around him although i do love the uh what is it the the shake weight episode where he gets yes. addicted to food network oh i'll deglaze i'll deglaze the shit out of that pan oh. <laughs> put some shallots on it yeah oh Ooh, yeah I, I cooked all right guys you clean <laughs> um so i definitely agree and i go i did go with um i you know i mean you gotta go with uh Kenny, I mean, they got rid of him every episode anyways. Yeah, and then there was actually a season where he wasn't on there because he actually died. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and you can't understand what he's saying half the time. So, you know, and it makes sense. And like I said, originally, he's poor. Yes, which is the most <laughs> the most important reason. Uh, great get rid of one, though. That was great. 
Bowser. Yeah, have you seen any of their newer stuff? From no, the, I haven't gotten around the to it, man. Season? I haven't no. either. We watched one of the um the vaccine episode or whatever. And I that one we didn't really get into that one at all. Like it kind of dragged. I would like it had some points, but it wasn't it didn't hit like the other one. So I was kind of disappointed with that. Yeah, they're not all gonna be winners, but no, overall the show is the show has given me many many a chuckle oh fan, fantastic show all right so now that we've got rid of that we are going to be walking out the ring we're in the gorilla position doing push-ups working out with resistance bands bobby what are you coming out to all right man well i was totally inspired by last week's get rid of one so i'm coming out to uh 2000 and year 2022 uh offering by the man Eco, Echo, E-K-O-H. I think it's Echo. Eco? Eco, yeah. Echo, right? Yeah, Echo. Echo. And the song is called Heater 2, and it is really, really good. I've been listening to quite a bit of him since last week when I was um, introduced to him. So check this out, Heater 2 from 2022. Let's do this. Yeah. I took the time to go right out the shit on the set of the video. No need to test me, I already know I'm a sick individual. You dream too small, afraid to fail, that's why I don't fuck with you. Take it too well, and I put them together and look at them different, no damn, it's a W. Yeah, I be on the up and it was getting harder, breathing, get accustomed to the elevation. No, I got the heart and I've always said the bars, I'm a star, but just don't want me to demonstrate it. Yeah, fucking with the EK, OH, when I hit him with a replay. Man, it's just too lit, can't see straight, did it on my own, I ain't never need a teammate. Yo, I don't even know what you really get off trying to talk about me, man. Fucking up a track like I'm throwing eight train, like I'm shooting up a compound V, yeah. I'm not in a band, so it's hard to get along with anybody when you've always got a gold standard. I got no manners, I can do whatever we want. I nobody gonna stop it like I'm Homelander Ooh, I digress, fuck a top three, I'm the best Oh my god, you hear what he said? He thinks he's better than Kendrick and M I'm just talking shit If you can't see that one, then go get fucked And then stay fucked, that's word to Jake and Kevin What up? Bitch, I'm on the run, get a dungeon of funds in a stock in a bank Cause it goes up, but it floats too cold The degrees go low, make a rain, make a snow, see the coats up From the gutter to the stage, to the show, to the park Where we skate, they were saying that I'm so dope I already know that you came with some hoes And I guess that you're cool, but I really got some goals though I don't give a fuck if they hate it Cause what I'm really trying to do is set a record and break and I don't wanna give a second of my left to the negative I be going like I'm running an Adderall and adrenaline Another fucking moment that I need to be looking at all the people that surround me Like I see that just look at it Does I really give a damn about the shit that we do and the fans that we helping And all the ones connecting with the music, yeah God, I'm like, damn, what's he really doing now? Can we check the formula? How we doing that? Keep on making big noise and the game is more of us I know that you're mad thinking that it doesn't make much sense It sort of does when it gives Yeah, so I like it. I think it's really good Yeah, Echo's dope Um, Yeah, I, I really like that guy I forgot who showed me him, but um, he's really good. So I'm not mad at that. So I'm taking a different turn though, out of my in and out hip hop, Japanese metal phase, but this came off my random and I decided to put it on. This is by a band called Arsis and it's called, it's the title track off the album United in regret. They are a death metal band. They're very good, very technical as this song is. And you will find out right now.
Yeah, man. That's good stuff. Good times. A lot of good times with that song. And that's a good band. You should check out that whole album and the rest of their catalog. And you will be able to find all this on our Spotify playlist 2022. Bobby, what was it called again? It is called the Ballads from the Wrestleocalypse. There we go. I love it. All right. Now that we're in the ring, we are going to wrap up our third part, our impromptu three-parter of the internet and the wrestling community. And Bobby, refresh my memory about what we're talking about tonight. Yeah, so we've kind of done an all-encompassing deep dive into the impact of the interwebs on modern professional wrestling. And we started, we broke down and, and kind of in the first section, we broke down kind of like the IWC and how it's affected, how people want to uh, approach being a heel. And then the second parter from last week, we talked about too much inside baseball and how it's really created this kind of weird, like environment where everybody wants to know all the surprises. And so then there aren't really no any surprises and there's just too much inside baseball going on too much, you know, the kind of the, the birth of the smart and the rise of the smart. And I think this, then this one, we're going to wrap it up kind of on the benefits and how the internet has really kind of improved um, modern professional wrestling and kind of, you know, the, uh, the other side of the sword, I would say from the negatives that we talked about previous. And I mean, number one, the number one thing is like podcasts like ours, right? Fans have a voice. You can find a like-minded community. Uh, it allows promotions like our uh, good friend at Millennium Pro Wrestling to, you know, promote their product more, get it in front of more eyeballs, make people more aware of what other people are doing. Um, it certainly has helped the financial situation of a lot of these wrestlers, right? Because they're able to leverage their their notoriety and whatever celebrity they have. And maybe they're on a promotion that isn't making quite, they're not making quite a huge paycheck, but they now they can, you know, build a following on Twitter or Instagram. Now they can go to some of these meet and greets and now they can start making more money um, and really, you know, further dedicate themselves to their craft. Um, Definitely fucking YouTube, 100% YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And all the, I agree with all that. And it's been cool because like it shows that they can make money without being in a place like the WWE or even AEW. If you utilize the internet to your advantage, perfect example are the young bucks. Like they really didn't have a shot to go to WWE. And like, even when they were asked to go, we all know how they would probably been used and they doubled down just by making shirts um, t- being accessible to the fans, making fans almost seem like they're part of the Bullet Club, even before, you know, while that was going. And they they were even saying I was re- listening to an interview with them that they would there'd be other wrestlers there and they'd have lines out the door at signings and stuff just because of the way how Internet savvy they are. And I think that says and I think a lot of other wrestlers followed suit. You mentioned podcasts. Colt Cabana made his podcast. He was kind of him and Steve Austin were kind of the ones that started podcasting Colt Cabana more so. 
And that got off the ground to other people to listen to what's happening on the insides of the wrestling of wrestling with these guys that are actually wrestling and, you know, in other promotions. So it, I think it, with all those two being said, it's done a ton of good for the, for the wrestlers in general, because they have a th- place called pro wrestling tees where they can make shirts and they can get a cut of it. And, you know, like you said, just being more accessible to the fans, which fans seem to like, and <clears throat> We're keeping it positive, but it just kind of took a downturn because now fans think they're part of the show. But that was last week. Yeah, and I mean, they always kind of did think they were part of the show. I right. Mean, so I, I think that, you know, we'll let that slide. Not too much negativity, but really it's just accessibility to the product that now fans have. And you don't have to watch. You don't have to just eat the vanilla and the chocolate. Exactly. And, strawberry, and then just you know. with the ways that, you don't have to necessarily, I mean, this is, this is the internet in general. You don't have to necessarily tune in Monday at 5 PM Eastern to check out raw. You can even check it out on Hulu. If that's too long for you, you can check out the highlights on YouTube. If that's too much for you, you can read the multiple uh, copious articles that break down raw. So there's just so many avenues to consume the product, which I think is good in general because, you know, People, they can get their hits on YouTube. They can, you know, get their hits somewhere else, like on Hulu. So that just that's just better for everyone in general. And having accessibility when we're just in living busy lives and even busier as we speak, it just makes everything a little bit easier to catch and, you know, like I said, consume. Yeah, and it's just, it allows everybody to have the opportunity to grow and, show what they have to offer like what you were trying to talk about that i was thinking about like yeah man like like mlw i you know their whole thing is on youtube that's where i watch that's where i watch mlw that's where i watch it too yeah you know and same thing like i was thinking about like if i wanted to i could probably take a month off of watching any new dynamite or raw or anything and i could just go through the ring of honor like archives you know it's like and if you're really bitching and if people really don't like it and people are so in love with the attitude area you could go on peacock and you could start and watch it all the way through again yep you, you know? can watch and that's that. incredible that's it like is. that's an incredible thing to have yeah because i remember back in the day i'd have all my shit on tapes i was mm-hmm. part of the tape vhs tape trader so all of that my stuff you know was what from through i got or from what I recorded or from what I traded. And so now it's just on a different level where we all, we'd like to say sometimes it's too much, but you know, they, we can, now we can watch it when we want. So it just, it, everything works out. It all goes hand in hand with making it more profitable and making it um, more people, more accessible to everyone. Cause I think that's key and people want to watch stuff on their time and nobody, this is not the air anymore where people stop what they're doing to go watch something depending on what it is, something, you know, something. And we can't top that. Well, we can't on, on that note, yours truly Xander Hobbs. Ours truly Bobby B in this life. We'll see you next time. Booyaksha. Fuckers see me 
coming, they like, oh shit I blast my motherfucking heat off in the marsh pit You got people with me, hope you better squash shit And push your household, bleed you like a faucet Little shaking, I'm psycho silly, kamikaze, they hoping they kill me Trying to surround me, lay me down flat, but I rag the fuck out and got my cat I'm trigger happy, better but a broke and nobody can me I'm on top of the world and they trying to catch me, but I left in a man for the hostages and what I had on the block, black truck waiting, bad in the hang of May K waving out the window, joy burst slow, gotta knock his eyeball out like Kimbo. Goddamn, what's that? The one that's on crutchy every day, sis, this, that shot to your dome, but any distance in an instance, that's why we.